All right, guys, what is going on? It is uh, Night Swarm and, of course, Filtercord uh, from Mammoth Games, Inc., uh, bringing you story mode. This week uh, is The Witcher, Witcher 2, actually. Um, Assassins of Wangs. Uh, Assassins of Kings. Um, if you're unaware what story mode is, it is a uh, rundown of what the exact story is for some of your favorite games. Uh, the first game that we've uh, series we've tried or we're trying to tackle here is uh, The Witcher. If you missed our first episode, uh, episode one is on the first Witcher. So go check that out before you jump into two, so you're not confused uh, because we may be referencing back uh, yeah. here and there. Yeah, as well. Um, if you guys are unaware, we do do a. This right here is our bi weekly show. We do a weekly show called the Mammoth Games Cast that you can catch uh, live every Sunday. Um, usually right around uh, 12 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also catch it on Mondays. It goes out every Monday right around 8 a.m. So um, set that thing to auto-download on your, uh, you know, drive to work or drive home from work. Um, you can listen to Get caught up with all the things that are happening in the gaming world as well, all of the new games that are coming out so you can, you know, prepare yourself. But, uh, yeah, you guys can go ahead and follow us over uh, on uh, Twitter, at Mammoth Games Inc., so you know when we go live, hashtag that horse is jacked. Um, and Christ. if you don't know what that is, go ahead He's and... huge. He's huge. Uh, go ahead and take a look at our Twitter, and then you'll uh, be aware. Um, and uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, at... Uh, or facebook.com backslash mammoth games inc uh tons of cool stuff over there uh ample opportunities to find out when free games go out and what cool updates happen to games that you're already enjoying um so without further ado let's jump into the witcher 2 assassin of kings um so Uh, why don't we do a small rundown of what happened in uh the Witcher 1, like a very small, this is what happened at the end. Yeah, so um, The Witcher 1 basically, uh, you know, we've talked about how these are pretty much self-contained uh, games. They don't, like, carry over save files or anything. Right. But um, in Witcher 1 and 2 are the closest to being, like, direct, you know, sequels following up on each other's stories. Uh, sure. The end of uh, Witcher 1, uh, basically regardless of what you do... Um, King Foltest of Tamaria, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, mm-hmm. basically invites you in and he's like, yo, you did some cool shit. Uh, thanks for helping out. Also, here's some cash. Uh, my daughter's a bitch. And <laughs> uh, then a, a large, easy. bald man who uh, basically appears to be, like, he, he has, like, a witcher look. He has the cat eyes. Uh, I believe you see a medallion, even though you can't identify uh, which one it is. Um basically like tries to assassinate uh the king um mm-hmm. so from there witcher 2 picks up pretty much directly after uh witcher 1 uh, cool. it is completely revamped um yeah um so i figure we could kind of take it back we can talk um a little bit again just reintroduce what is the witcher uh give our of course our, a simple rundown of what to expect uh, for the witcher 2 and then uh, talk about some of the other important basic info. Uh, release dates, uh, who's making this, where it's coming from, uh, and general reception. Yeah. Um, so, uh, first off, uh, The Witcher, 
uh, The Witcher 2, is described as an uh, intense, emotionally charged, non-linear story, a complex, expansion, uh, expansive adventure in which every decision may lead to dire consequences. It is a single-player action role-playing game. Um, and uh, the basic rundown... Um, would be basically uh, what you said. Witcher 2 Assassin of King picks up shortly uh, after the events of The Witcher, the first game. Um, Girl has been essentially uh, drafted as King Foltis' personal bodyguard. Um, and the king is engaged in battle with troops loyal to his mistress, the Baroness Mary uh, Louisa Lan Lavaltet? Uh, Lavalette. Lavalette? Yeah. yeah. Uh, something very Cajun. Um, Lavalette. Uh, as what can be best described as a lover's spat. Um, so, uh, some of the basic info for the game. Uh, Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings did release uh, for PC and Mac on May 17th, 2011. It was a year later for the Xbox 360 and fall 2014 for Linux. Mm-hmm. Um, an enhanced edition did come out April 17th, 2012, uh, and it added over uh, 10 gig of new, uh, you know, new content, including four hours of gameplay and arena mode, new tutorial, uh, 36 minutes of cinematic, including a new uh, intro created by... Um, what is that? Uh, Playtage image. Um, okay. And an outro as well. Um, and then uh, a host of fixes to gameplay and uh, the like. Um, which it probably definitely 100% needed. Um, yeah. Of course the game, uh, developed by CD Projekt Red, published uh, with a small dispute... Uh, by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment in North America, Bandai Namco Entertainment, pretty much everywhere else, except Japan, where it was uh, published by Cyberfront. Um, it was created with the Red Engine. This will be the first game that was created with the Red Engine. Um, as you know, the first game was created uh, with a modified version of the Aurora Engine from... Um, like Dragon Age from uh, Bioware. Yeah, heavily modified, of course. Heavily modified. Yeah, um, and this you can, one, you can definitely see the roots of it still. The red engine, uh, the red engine did incorporate uh, the Havoc engine's physics, um, mm. which was kind of cool. And as we said before, uh, the game, or that this game is based on a novel series um, mm. by a Polish author. Uh, go ahead and take that name again and. Andrzej Sapkowski. I'm Andrei. not sure that's how it's pronounced, but it's the Polish equivalent of Andre, basically. Yep. Um, and something that I don't know if we mentioned in the first uh, podcast, uh, the contents of these games do take place after the books. Yeah, I think in the first con- uh, the first uh, podcast we kind of mentioned it. but I, could, um, I could not remember. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole reason that Geralt has... Um, amnesia and everything is basically because of the conclusion of the book series in the first game so okay yeah Um, unclear and uh the director uh role did switch to adam badowski um and uh i think he was the art director in the previous game he was the art director Yeah. yeah um and uh as far as reception went uh metacritic 
gave it um, 88 out of 100 for PC and Xbox 360. Um, uh-huh. Most of the other places gave it like nines. I think the lowest that they ended up having, aside from uh, Destructoid and I think one other place like Edge Gaming or something, they gave it a 6 out of 10. Mostly everywhere else gave it uh, an 8.5 or higher with uh, the average probably being about 9.2. Um, I would say, cool. I mean, clearly it was a it, it was a huge upgrade compared to Witcher One. Um, did you play? I know you played Witcher One a little bit. Did you play two? I did play two. I played two okay. uh, a little bit more than I played one. Okay, it's probably about um, halfway. Yeah, I would say probably about halfway. Um, it's been quite a long time though. Um, this was one of the first things I personally played when I got a like decent gaming computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I, that was still a bit late, seeing as how this game, of course, came out in 2011. I definitely did not play this in 2011. I probably played it a year or two later. Yeah, I actually built a PC to play this game better. <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. Um, so, yeah. yeah, let's go ahead and jump into uh, what this is. Um, what this game entails and uh, where it's going to go. Um, yeah. I will say, out of the gate, uh, this game um, does have different paths you can take. Um, it doesn't change uh, things to the point of where it's like, okay, now we have to go back to chapter two and we have to tell you how the change would have made everything different. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a lot of it kind of wraps up in the at the very end. Yep. So it makes it a little easier. So, yeah, if you want to go ahead and... Uh, Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, if you listen to the last episode or not, I'll kind of cover it. Um, in the end of the first game, um, basically I sided with, uh, you know, the elves, um, kind of the, the, the Scoia'tael freedom fighters. Um, mm-hmm. I assisted them whenever I got the chance. And, of course, they do, you know, like kind of like we were, you know, talking about last time and like we do with a lot of games, a lot of the morality questions are not uh, – you know black and white it's very like do you help these people who are downtrodden and are now doing the wrong thing because they've been abused or do you help these guys that are the rightful rulers but they're like fucked up and evil you know right so like it's it's tough i mean regardless of where you come to it from it's it's a you know difficult decision so um in uh in this game it starts out so a witcher has attacked full test um in the previous, the end of the previous game, uh, Geralt saves him, which you know is actually part of the game. You play through it, mm-hmm. um, and then basically, uh, Foltest goes to sea to try to um, survive. Like it's like I'm going to get out of the capital because in this city I could be attacked from anywhere. Anybody in the city could be an enemy. I'm going to go with my my loyal men out to sea, which actually uh, will continue on in Witcher Three. Other rulers kind of take that same um, idea, but. Uh, you mm-hmm. see this big, you know, really good-looking cutscene, basically, of um, full test on the boat. Uh, this this big uh, burly uh, witcher shows up much faster than you'd think. He's, like, throwing ice bombs and shit. He's, like, slicing dudes in half all over town. Uh, takes off full test's head. Um, so successful dang. assassination of this dude you've been protecting your whole life. And it's like, okay, it was a witcher. So you start the game out, you're in these... Uh, you're in jail, so very mm-hmm. uh, oblivion, right? Yeah, very typical RPG. Yeah, um, love it. 
So yeah. you uh, kind of get slapped around by some guards. Uh, Geralt is extremely hot. And then you get interrogated <laughs> by the head of the Temerian Special Forces, who's named Vernon Roche. Um, which is and that's using... our introduction, right, to him? Yes, I believe this is the first time. You might have heard of him. He's a famous character. Yeah. Um, but uh, also his assistant, Vez, is there. Um, they interrogate uh, Geralt and are kind of trying to find out. They're like, okay, dude, you were his best friend. You were his right-hand ally. And then all of a sudden, witchers are killing Foltest. And then the one time that Foltest thinks he's safe, suddenly he dies. And you were the one that knew where he was. Uh, this is also where I mentioned in the last episode... The game's like, hey, I heard that you helped the Knights of the Eternal Flame. Is that true? And then you can be like, no, that's a myth. And then that kind of alters some things in the story. That's like, no, I helped the squirrels because X, Y, Z. Um, yeah, right. And, you know, that's where you kind of choose what you did in the last game. Uh, it's a very smart way to do it, I think. Um, the prologue basically continues with, like, um, you know, during the events of The Witcher and before... Uh, King Foltest had basically a sexual relationship with this baroness, uh, Maria Luisa Lavalette. Um, with, they had two children, Anais and Bosi. I'm trying to bust that Bosi, if you know what I'm saying. Boo, boo, boo. Boo, boo. Um, sometime after Geralt saved Foltest from a witcher assassin, Foltest attempted to claim those two children and bring them to live with him in Vizima, which is the capital of Tamaria. Uh, Maria Lavalette was not willing to give up the children and Foltest decided to basically assault the castle and take them. Um, Geralt succeeds in escorting Foltest to the children, but an unknown assassin kills Foltest before disappearing, leaving Geralt as the only suspect. Uh, after the interrogation... So basically, the, during the interrogation, you're getting... I think you get five little word bubbles that pop up mm -hmm. where you're like... Uh, you know, it's like, before the fight... During the battle, uh, finding the Lavalette children, um, you know, confronting whatever. And then you're, like, going through the different chronological steps of the story. Um, yeah. So you're making choices. In fact, they're one of the kids, I think, um, it's like the... Uh, so Anais and Boosie are, like, children. Um, those are the, like, you know, legal kids, basically, of King Foltest. Mm -hmm. um, there's an older son... Uh, Lavalette. I can't remember his name now, but um, uh, you choose whether he lives or dies uh, based on a fight, and you can kind of like talk him out of um, fighting you because he has literally no fucking hope. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you're a, a god among men, you know what I mean? Like, these people have no chance. Um, but yeah, I, so... I do want to point out after, <clears throat> after you know, you, you, it kind of um, you know what? We might not be quite to that point yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you did talk about being interrogated, right? Um, and after the interrogation, after you kind of get through, um, like maybe the prologue. I know you end up in that tent with Triss. Yeah, yeah, that's part and, of the that's part of the prologue, and that's very much like a almost like a staple. Mm-hmm. Like, the love interest kind of just walking around in a towel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they've done that. I don't know if they did that in the first one. They definitely yeah, they do that did a lot. In the third one. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Just interesting. Something I noticed while they were walking around. Anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so um, yeah, that's one of the things you cut over to Triss. Uh, you know, you had your little encounter there. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, that's a big thing with the Witcher. Like, he's basically constantly boning. Yeah. Um, Man, and his body's fucked up. Seeing him with his shirt off. Oh, like, yeah, he yeah. He has bite marks on his shoulder. and There's like, terrible scars, wounds everywhere. I mean, that's what they do. They, like, run around and get fucked up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, jackass. Very jackass-ish. So, um, you know, it's, you go through this whole thing of like how you lead into a siege and everything. You kind of get more of a perspective on how like sorceresses are held in high esteem by politicians and, you know, the Witcher is seen as an expert. So it's not like, I mean, there's a lot of quests that you do. That's like some village idiot is like, Hey, I dropped my dick. Can you find it out in the woods for me? (laughs) But, well, maybe, um, you know, I mean, they are seen as, you know, a witcher is who you call when you've exhausted all your other options. So just straight up the king of a fucking country will be like, yo, girl, can you come by later? Uh, you have to. It's an order. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's you will spend time in the company of kings and peasants alike. It's very interesting. Uh, it's, you know, a view that not a lot of regular people got in the real world. Um, so... Uh, you know, it's kind of... You get a lot more into the politics of, like, what witchers are in this game than you did in the previous game. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, like we said, the two kids are recovered. Uh, Foltes get his heads, uh, gets his head cut off. Geralt basically is the only suspect. Um, so this interrogation scene goes on where you play these these different scenes in chronological order. Or out of order, if you want. Uh, if you want to really fuck yourself up. And basically, uh, due to some, you know, different parts of the story or whatever... Vernon Roche was actually there, and he saw parts of the battle, and he says, you know what, I do think that Geralt's innocent, um, I'm gonna, I, I can't just, I'm not in charge, I'm just the interrogator, but I'm gonna sneak your ass out, so he basically leaves your cuffs uncuffed, hangs you back up, and uh, it's kind of like, okay, next time you get a chance, you gotta take your chance, you know what I mean, it's, this is all I can do for you, and he kind of yeah. fucks off, so, um, Watching this is making me insanely nostalgic. I want to play all these games again, goddammit. I don't have this amount of time in my yeah, life. I don't have that time, goddammit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 2 is where, I mean, you know, we are talking about engine changes and everything. It really made the leap from kind of, you know, weird thing you could get into if, you know, if it was something that pertained to stuff that you're interested in or you had a really specific, you know, whatever. This could be a good game to check out i mean this is where the game went from strange you know a little niche thing to mainline rpg um so uh you know much better gameplay much better graphics um it's almost like it's very like fable i think okay um, not yeah. great action but it works you know what i mean yeah um so yeah uh you know you're you're freed you beat the shit out of a couple guards sneak out so they introduce you to the kind of sort of stealthy uh you know the ability to be stealthy which stealth mode is not good in these games but you know it's possible to do it um and basically uh you meet up with uh the sorceress that you were kind of fucking around with earlier on in the game triss uh who also is in the last game of course um and you go off to kind of keep a low profile and try to track down uh the king slayer is who you're referring to this dude as so um, it kind of moves you out of the prologue into chapter one. I believe there are four. There's three chapters and then an epilogue. 
Uh, and chapter two, uh, you make a choice at the end of chapter one that brings in a big diversion uh, of the story. And basically, the there's two different chapter twos. Um, so, you know, Witcher continue right. to do this kind of thing in the future. So, um, very interesting. Just depends on which or yeah, I mean, way you go with it. You sort of get a you know a thing that's like okay this choice is going to affect the rest of your game, right? Um, so chapter one, uh, the trio arrive in the trading town called Flotsam, um, and pretty much immediately, like you you land on the ship, um, you're kind of you know walking through this forested area on their way into town, and you get attacked by this group of elves, uh, which are led by Yorveth, which is this uh, sort of elven commander. Um, it appears to the group that a witcher, which is believed to have assassinated King Demavend of the neighboring country, Adern, is in league with the rebels. Uh, these, these elves. Uh, right. Geralt saves his old friends, the bard Dandelion and the dwarf Zolte she Zoltan Shive, which Fucking Zoltan's Zoltan. amazing, so cool. And of course, yeah. Dandelion's just always out here sticking his dick into shit where he don't belong. Oh, oh, he just, that's <laughs> where it doesn't belong? I mean, in his case. Dandelion knows it belongs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you kind of do some stuff around Flotsam. There's this really cool quest uh, where... Well, Flotsam has a couple layers where, like, you sort of, like, dig into, like, this forest section that's next to it. And then otherwise, it's like a floating... It's, it's like a, a very, like, dock-based town. Um, there's actually this like giant uh, like squid monster that you have to handle, which is really fun. Um, That's yeah, that, that sounds cool. It's a great battle. Like you have to fight the tentacles. They each have their own health bar and shit. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, but yeah, you're doing very typical uh, Witcher shit. Basically, they started to, um, you know, th this they really dive into these specific places. Where you'll get to really know these towns, which is something you know that carries on to Witcher Three for sure. Um, where like by the end of the this section, you know Flotsam like the back of your deck. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, is the back? Would that be the top or the bottom? Um, I'm asking the real questions out here. Bottom, I think. Bottom, the back of your deck is the bottom of your deck. I don't know. I think the top. I don't know. But uh, well, the top's not the bottom. The top's not the bottom. We can all agree on that. <laughs> Finally, we can all agree. Something that Finally, the yeah. Democrats and Republicans all agree on. The top ain't the bottom. Pretty rare, but it so, just happened. Um, yeah, you save, uh, you know, Dandelion and Zoltan, I think, are about to be hanged. Uh, hung? Well, we know Dandelion's hung. Well, he's hung as fuck, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so uh, you go on this big story quest working with another sorceress, uh, Sheila de Tanserville who is, like, queen bitch, basically. She's, like, a massive cunt. Everybody hates her. Uh, but she's hot. I believe there's a fuck scene you can get out of it. Oh, um, right. I think, now we're talking. Yeah, now I believe she was... Um, oh, she's a sorceress with uh, Nilfgaard. Um, I think. So, uh, you go on to... Um, that's where they talk about, you know, you work with uh, Sheila to kill the K-Ran, which is this squid monster. Um, mm -hmm. So Geralt discovers that the Tamarian commander of the town named uh, Laredo, you go to this big, uh, like, sort of soiree town event that's going on, which is kind of weird in this little backwater town. 
Um, and you find out that Laredo is intending to sell the town uh, to the Cadwen king, uh, which is King Henzelt. Um, it's also discovered that the Kingslayer, which is a witcher that you learn is named Letho, uh, he intends to betray Yorveth, the squirrel commander, and uh, convince... Uh, you have to convince the elf of the truth. Um, as Geralt and Yorveth confront Letho, Roche arrives with an armed force. So that's when you kind of get this, you know, black and white uh, choice that... Um, like, where are we going from here? Right. Do I, do I go with Roche and say, okay, I'm going to take the Temerian Special Forces and we're going to kill this dude for, um, you know, for the, the death of the king as, as you know, payback? Or am I going to work with uh, Yorveth and the squirrels and be like, you know, you betrayed us. They are, I mean, Yorveth is using uh, Letho to kill kings. But basically the point is that he's like, you know, the kingdoms of humans need to end because the kingdoms kill elves and dwarves and non-humans. Like, indiscriminately, right. right? So, like, regular people are not our enemy. Our enemy is the leadership that allows regular people to get away with shit like this. So we're going to kill them. And if the next king doesn't work, we're going to kill him. And then if the next king doesn't work, we're going to kill him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like in an endless cycle. Until um, they get it. Until we get either a king that is like, okay, I'll work with you guys. You guys are cool. I like you. Or the opposite. Um, there are no kings left. And the people and you know humans and non-humans live together in harmony. Right? Mm -hmm. um, kind of an age-old problem. So, again, there it's like... Uh, Part of the problem there is that also, um, you know, Yorveth says, you know what, these Temerian special forces, they only exist to perpetuate this kingdom and the cruelty that they carry out on elves. I'm going to kill them too. And then, you know, the uh, Temerian special forces and Vernon Roche, they basically say, you know what, you're right. Um, these guys are going to kill everyone. It doesn't matter if we have a good king or not. They're going to try to kill our king's son we have to stop them too. So it's like you choose a side and then you're kind of dooming the other side. Yeah. Um, so that makes the choice a little harder because ultimately it's like, hey, if we all just want to kill Letho, then who gives a shit, right? Right. But, uh, you know, it's a little deeper than that, unfortunately. So regardless of the choice, uh, you choose your side and then uh, Letho, uh, the, the big-ass witcher that's the assassin, kidnaps Triss, your girlfriend, and forces her to teleport them both to Edirn, uh, which is where we had just... Uh, we heard that King Demavend uh, got that head sliced off. So um, that's when we take it to Chapter 2. And Chapter 2, like I said, is dependent on uh, whose side you chose. So um, we'll start with uh, Yorveth, because I think that's, that's the canonical path. And then also, that's the path I chose. Mm -hmm. So um, if you side with Yorveth, uh, the pair basically jump on some elven boats and sail to Upper Edern. There they become embroiled in a rebellion against King Henzelt, which uh, we had just heard was going to take over um, uh, Flotsam. Because mm -hmm. uh, all these kings are in... Th this is like a big period that's referred to as the... Uh, I think it's like the... Uh, border wars or it's called something like that of like where all these northern kingdoms are basically like constantly at war with each other trying to gain like literally like two square miles <laughs> like it's completely and, and, wasted 
And uh, mostly it's just between two, right? Well, it's it's between several of them, but the two main aggressors are uh, Adern and uh, uh, Cadwin. Um, Tamaria is doing some different shit on the other corner, but Tamaria is mostly becoming aligned based on like marriages and stuff. Like they're aggressively conquering territory too, but it's basically nonviolently. I mean, they'll have some wars and shit. Like we just heard, you know, in the prologue. Um, full test like launched a full out war just to like see two little brats or whatever right so like you know they are like killing like you know thousands of people but I mean that's uh, the other thing it's like there's things that are happening that are just not in your area that you're not tackling right and that's a big thing on the witcher that's like you know in the witcher 3 obviously I I think we know that it's a war between uh, what Tamaria and um um the you know Nilfgaardian Empire is it Redania or is it uh, Tamaria? I think it's I Redania. Want... Yeah, I wanted to say Redania because we looked into that. But anyways, um, you know these these northern kings they hear about this empire that's growing in the south, and then each one of them instead of saying, "Okay, how are we going to deal with this?" They're like, "Oh, I want to make my own empire." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was complete dipshit idiots. So anyways, um, with Yorveth, uh, Geralt and Yorveth sail to Upper Adern to track down Triss. Uh, there they become embroiled in a rebellion against King Hengzelt of the kingdom of Cadwin, and they uh, assist the rebel forces, which are, you know, mostly non-human. And they're actually led by a human woman named uh, Saskia. Um, Geralt completes three vital missions. Uh, he formulates a poison antidote for the rebel leader Saskia, he determines Triss's whereabouts. Uh, she was captured by spies from the Empire of Nilfgaard and taken to an island called Loch Muin. Uh, and lifting a battlefield curse that is preventing the rebels from defending Vergen, which is this dwarven town, uh, the rebels' base of operations. Um, so this is where you get in a really cool fight with... Uh, you'll know this creature from... Uh, if you played Witcher 3 or if you played... Um, um, Gwent. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like the... I think it's a Druger or something. It's like a flaming... It's like a, a, a burning pyre in the shape of a human, basically. Which is really okay. sick. Yeah. Um, and it's because of this, like, traitorous meeting between... I believe it was King Henzelt and... Uh, Henzelt's army. And he was meeting with... Uh, I forget who the guy in the gold plate was. But they were having this, like, war meeting, basically. And... Um, there was like they all are suddenly like wait you're betraying me and they all like everybody thinks that at the same time and they all just start killing each other yeah yeah it just becomes like a shit show <laughs> yeah like in- instantly so and everyone's um, just like standing around kind of like the fight well yeah the the sorcerers like the wizards and shit they're like what the fuck like they're just like sitting there they're, it's almost as if they're like I don't believe this like right. they're just like staring at what's happening and they're like no this this cannot be happening um. So it's it's really weird. I mean, it is kind of it's a very realistic thing. I think where like yeah, they're like I don't I, like, I can't do anything. Like we're talking about this, and then shit breaks down to the point, and a lot everyone hasn't chose a side yet. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it, and it's, it's it's like they're it's aligned brutal. to someone, but things are kind of like maybe making sense, which is the point of the war council meeting. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, you know, I, I can kind of see what they're talking about here. And, 
you know, and, and, and it kind of eliminates black and white and it maybe makes some of those people think in shades of gray. Like, okay, that's not, you know, 100% the way that our side like sees yeah, this is this is not it, it's it's kind of like spur of the moment shit too where it's like look i didn't want to kill this guy but like yeah like th- he's dying one way or another it's very like, much war do yeah. i get involved in this or you know do i fuck off like there's kind of no other choice um yeah. so it, it is really interesting it's almost like if you see your friend like get in a fight with somebody and it's like, you're like, okay, this dude should not be fighting, but do I get involved? You know what I mean? Like, do I want to, like, you know, there's cops nearby. Like, do I want to be caught fighting and, like, beating this dude's ass for no reason just because my friend's a dumbass? It's kind yeah. of the question. It's like, you know, you can definitely see that kind of look on the sorcerers. They're like, dude, you are fucking insane. There's no reason to be doing this. But... What do I do about it? So one one mage happens to get crushed uh, against this ancient ritual stone, which is you never want to do that. Yeah, that's, that's classic mistake. That's a bad omen. Um, so he, uh, you know, he accidentally like unleashes this curse, basically that yeah. uh, kind of like fucks the entire universe up forever. So yeah. that's why that's this good is, for like, a witcher Draugr thing. Yeah, that's good for a witcher because now he has work. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing wrong with I'm that. Trying to, trying to half glass full this. Yeah, really. So, um, yeah. So there's this whole thing goes on. Um, you know, it's uh, basically you. So yeah, you lift that battlefield curse. That's where we were digging into. And then uh, Vergen, this like I said, is this dwarven town. Very cool town because it's like really reminds me of uh, what's the one in um, the far west in Skyrim. Uh, it's like oh. on the southwest of the map. Is that Markarth? Markarth. It really reminds me of Markarth because, like, a, like a quarter of the city is underground. It's all built around this mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. Uh, it's super interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they, uh, you know, get the town opened up and ready to go. Saskia's cured of this poison, whatever. Um, so these rebels in this town defeat Henzelt's army, which you participate in this big battle to defend. Uh, Vergen, and Henzeld is forced to acknowledge Saskia's terms. Um, Geralt discovers that Saskia. This is crazy. So you're kind of getting hints here and there, but you find out that Saskia is actually a gold dragon that you saw in the prologue that was assaulting this castle and kind of pushing Foltest's forces back. Um, so dragons in this are like highly intelligent in the Witcher universe. Typically, a Witcher will not even like kill or fight dragons. Uh, like intelligent greater dragons yeah because it's you know they're an intelligent creature they usually don't fuck with people for no reason so you know no, nothing to worry about here folks and um it's uh so she sees you know dragons can change their form to become you know other creatures sometimes they will like get romantically involved so like sometimes a dragon will become like a deer or like a stag or something and they'll like fuck a another stag and then that stag has a half dragon stag baby and it's weird mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's very mm-hmm. zeus like it's just like hey i'm horny let's see if i can fuck a wolf you know fenrir's born hey was i'm horny let's see if i can fuck a uh, deer was that a deer and a horn joke sure was Alrighty. he was given a horn and that deer is getting very musky 
Uh, he, then he ran in front of a car, sadly, got struck and killed. So, uh, Can't yeah, hold. Geralt discovers that Saskia is actually a dragon taking human form, but she is under mind control by her advisor. Here's the real, like, the biggest cunt of the series, Philippa Eilhart, uh, yep. sorceress. So, Philippa teleports Saskia and herself to Loch Moyne, which, of course, is where we found out that Triss has been taken by Letho, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Geralt and Yorveth follow. Because uh, now, not only is your girl in there, but also uh, Yorveth's queen. Uh, which, you know, it's like uh, Saskia's whole thing is like, okay, I'm the leader right now, but as soon as you don't need a leader anymore, you guys are free to, to do your own, right? Right. Um, which is extremely good. So, um, you know, you, you go through that, um, and then that takes you normally into chapter three, but I'll go through chapter two if you sided with Roche, which, like I said, let's, I have not seen this playthrough. Let's go ahead and tack back is what we're going to do. Right. Well, we're really going to say, you know, at, uh, you know, meanwhile, mm-hmm. um, if Geralt had decided to assist Roche, uh, Roche and... Geralt, uh, well, Geralt instantly assassinates Laredo for treason, which is the guy that was going to give Flotsam away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Geralt and Roche sail to Upper Edern. There they become embroiled in the rebellion against King Henzelt, but they assist the king instead of fighting against him. Uh, Geralt discovers an insurgency in the Cadewenny army, uh, loyalists who are convinced Henzelt is conspiring with the Empire of Nilfgaard. Geralt completes three missions. He discovers uh, Triss's whereabouts, captured by a diplomatic delegation from Nilfgaard and taken to Loch Muin. Uh, lifts a curse on King Henzel and lifting the battlefield curse. So basically the main difference is, instead of curing uh, the Saskia's poison... Well, the battlefield's still there, because Henzel's the right. one that triggered that. But uh, instead of... Well, yeah, you're lifting the battlefield for a different reason, right? You're right, allowing right. the king to march on the city. And you lift a curse on Henzel instead of the poison from... Um, Saskia. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you open up the city to attack. Uh, Geralt defends Henzelt from two Witcher assassins. Uh, and you use necromancy to discover that they are in league with Sheila de Tanserville, who we know was the uh, Nilfgaard um, witch, right? Yeah, sounds um, like she fucked up. Uh, she has already fled to Loch Moyne with her fellow sorceress Philippa Eilhart, cunt, mm-hmm. and entranced rebel leader Saskia in tow. Uh, Roche re- is revealed to be plotting against Cadwin, and Henzelt executes most of Roche's men in retaliation. As oh, Henzelt man. assaults Vergen, Geralt defeats Henzelt's personal guard and either allows Roche to murder Henzelt in revenge, which causes a civil war in Cadwin. Or convinces him to spare the king. Gerald and Roach then go to Loch Moyne on the trail of Triss and Philippa. So, yeah, like I said, I did the rebel one just because I always basically think they're right. Like, I have a pretty strong bias there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, um, I mean, the main difference uh, is who are like you? Like who? Yeah, who cheering? are you siding with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that the siding has been chosen by you before so like finding out about the roche stuff which i have looked at in the past of you know what the other playthrough is or whatever i have the guidebook but um it is really interesting that it's like if you side with roche you're like you know what these rebels are kind of fucked up they're killing kings out here i don't know about that shit um i'm gonna go ahead and team up with the fucking cia uh 
they're automatically like loyalists even to other kings right it, like he doesn't work for king henzel it's a completely different fucking kingdom but he's like you know what i know kings i deal with kings all day we're gonna work with king henzel uh and then it, it's really cool to find out at the end it's like oh we were gonna fuck him up though <laughs> like <laughs> don't worry about that we yeah. like like I, there was a like, plan i always work with kings or whatever but <laughs> this guy's a dick <laughs> So uh, that's so, kind of like, that's a cool opportunity to get a different view of Vernon Roche, you know. Yeah, I, I really feel like Vernon Roche in the game is he's yeah, kind of he the star is, of the show. He's very CIA. Yeah, like he he's is. very we're doing this. This is what we're doing, and yeah. like he's not giving you all the details. And then in right. the end, you're like, okay, it was the right thing to do. I see. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's interesting. Really interesting, and you know. Coming from it from the direction that I did, um, you know, I was a lot more of a fan of Scoyatel, the elves, um, and it's it's interesting to see kind of the the opposite angle, I guess. Yeah, opposite um, angle of the especially game. especially because you don't really have a lot of choices with Saskia. Like you're like, okay, I'm in it for you know, in for a dollar, in for a dime. Like that's why I shit on company time. You gotta be mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the rebel side. You can't be like, okay, wait a minute, she's a fucking dragon. That kind of changes things. Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, I'm on your guys' side now, so uh, we'll see what up. When I have the chance, I always side with dragons. I mean, if I would have known she was a dragon head time, it would be no question at all. Like I'm on the dragons team. Yeah. But you don't know right away, so you know. Fair. Fair. They're trying to all fuck right. you around a little bit. Pull, yanking my dick, as they say. So let's yank our dicks back in the direction of where the story's headed. I've been doing that the whole time. So, either way, uh, <laughs> Chapter 3, you are heading to Loch Moyne. Uh, the, I don't know, I guess this, we at this point sort of know that this is a staging ground for mm -hmm. the Empire of Nilfgaard, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, we're coming in hot and heavy. Geralt arrives at Loch Moyne with either Yorveth or Roach in tow, depending on who you have worked with. Uh, the mages have called a meeting to establish a new magical ruling body known as the Conclave. Um, and all... So, so basically, the mages of the different kingdoms are like, you know what? We work for you or whatever the fuck, but, like, I don't work for your ass. Like, we so, help you guys out because we want to. So the mage who got his skull caved in on that magical stone, he was no one special. He uh, was well, mage. He was. I mean, he was just a mage. He wasn't, like, the main advisor or anything. I believe the main advisor was Deathmold. Great name. Mm-hmm. Um, and Deathmold is kind of, like... I don't, he's, like, a weird... He's, ironically, very into, like, mold and poison-based stuff. And death metal. And he's super into death metal. Yeah, it's really odd. So, very niche, um, like, Polish death metal. Yeah, he exclusively listens to Polish uh, black metal. <laughs> So, um, very interestingly, uh, you know, there, there, there are just, like, people that have magic. Like, it's kind of almost like um, Jedi. You know, we talked about that comparison right. a lot in the last one, where it's like, okay, like, you have magical ability. Like, we need to send you to this magical college, or you're going to accidentally, like, explode your town. <laughs> and, and, I mean, that's not... That's pretty much every... That's not unfamiliar in RPG. I mean, we saw it in... Um, right, we see that in a lot of stuff. In Skyrim, yeah, you see it almost everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, the same thing going on here as, you know, going on in a lot of stuff. 
Um, so we get a little bit more of that. Um, the, we see the whole, like, mage group, and this is where you start fighting. Like, you've had mages as bosses before, mm-hmm. and in this you'll just run into, like, you know, basic enemies that have some kind of magical ability. Um, of course, the we've talked about this before, the sorceresses are the most powerful mages. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, women just tend to be more magically inclined than men. Um, the men that are mages do tend to do, like, they're a lot more bookish, they're a lot more learned, because... They have to try really hard, yeah, so they, they to, get yeah. they really highly specialize usually. Whereas the sorceresses are just naturally good at shit, so they don't. Yeah, try. they can be kind of more carefree about it, right? And the women are a lot more politically motivated because you know they're women and they live in a world where they have to be female, so it sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the Middle Ages, uh, you know, when this is basically set. So um, I, I I do want to call out, and it's not something you can see on the podcast, mm-hmm. but in this playthrough that we're watching of uh, The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings, um, Geralt just went to go talk to somebody, and it teleported him to the other side of the character. Insanely good. Which is where the character was facing. But the character was facing a bookshelf. So Geralt is in a bookshelf. It looks like he's talking to him from the other side of the bookshelf. So it's like, in, in like, in like high school, you don't want someone to know that you're, like, if you don't want to, like, like, hey, I'm not friends with you, but meet mm-hmm. me in the library. And you stand on one side of the bookcase, and they're on the other side, and you, like, take all the books out so you can see through, and you guys, yep. like, talk and have your secret meeting. That's what it looks like. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Like, it's real good. Don't look at me. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> Act like you're reading. Right. So, yeah. very fun. Carry on. Um, yeah, this game definitely had a share of bugs. I mean, yeah. when we, you know, I was talking about uh, comparing it to Skyrim. Uh, it's definitely similar, I think, um, in that regard, where it's like, you know, there were some technical issues here. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good reason why the, you know, the um, definitive edition or whatever, enhanced edition was really important. So anyways, um, yeah, the mages have called a meeting to establish a new magical ruling body known as the Conclave, which is going to be, rather than, you know, each mage has its their own motivations, their own credits... You know, it's like, oh, I want Death Mold to be my assistant because he was really a good assistant to King Henselt before he got his fucking head chopped off. Yeah, um, sometimes you know whatever, what and they they will do that kind of thing where it's like, I used to work for so and so before I was caught fucking his husband, or, you know, whatever it is. So um, they're trying to create this conclave that will be able to kind of intelligently guide mages to a certain extent. You know, that's like, okay. When your king says, hey, I'm going to go conquer this kingdom that one of our allies lives in, say, mm-hmm. don't. Um, you know, that kind of thing. That's like, we need to be intelligent about this because we're getting each other fucking killed and activating ancient battlefield curses and shit that we don't want to do. Right. Um, all of the royal leaders have also convened because the mages are basically going to use their political influence to be like, look, this fucking infighting is not going to work when the empire shows up. Right? So... Um, all the, like I said, all the royal leaders are at Loch Moyne. Uh, Philippa Eilhart and Sheila de Tanzerville. Uh, so Philippa is, um, she was uh, working with the rebels um, and kind of, you know, influencing them. Uh, Sheila de Tanzerville, of course, being uh, Nilfgaardian, as far as I can recall. Um, mm-hmm. They use the meeting to establish their own power with the still ensorcelled Saskia as leverage. 
Uh, if Geralt arrives with Yorveth, he must choose between rescuing Triss or rescuing Philippa, who is the only person who is capable of lifting the spell from Saskia, but who was also captured and blinded by the King of Redania. Yes, that's where we get back to this guy. So mm-hmm. the King of Redania um, actually like spooned, like hot spooned her eyeballs out. Hell because yeah. Sheila or uh, uh, Philippa Eilhart's massive cunt and everybody hates her. Mm-hmm. Um, if Geralt arrives with Roche, you must choose between Triss or rescuing the kidnapped Princess Anice of Tamaria. Of course, her brother would be in the Boosie. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's sort of like she's seen as like the probably the heir that should take over. She's older than her brother. Um, and she can be married to someone strategic that stops a couple wars, right? Uh, depending mm-hmm. on the choice, the mage slash royal meeting is interrupted when Nilfgaardian forces arrive with Letho, this Letho remember being the uh, big ass witcher assassin, Mm -hmm. who reveals that the sorceresses uh, and uh, if if you rescue Triss, she'll kind of hint you into this, Um, but either way, the sorceresses are actually creating a secret organization inside of the real organization which is called the Lodge of Sorceresses because basically they're like, you know what? These mages, just like anyone else, they're men. They're trying to take advantage of us. They're going to put themselves in charge, even though we're the strongest. We're going to have our secret club inside of this club, inside of the world, right? Inside of really the North. Mm-hmm. So um, the Nilfgaardians are there. There's this big battle that you participate in. Um, the meeting is interrupted again by Saskia when she becomes a dragon under the control of Philippa. Uh, Geralt chases down Sheila de Tanserville who attempts to use her megascope, which you've interacted with a lot in this game. It's like a way you can communicate over long distances. Uh, You can sometimes leave recordings, and then you can also use it to teleport. Um, It's like a super crystal ball, basically. Um, So uh, she uses the megascope to try to escape. However, Letho had actually already sabotaged the megascope in which Sheila becomes basically she gets trapped in the process of teleporting but not actually going anywhere um so Geralt can either rescue her or do nothing if you do nothing she essentially slightly teleports and slightly doesn't and gets shredded to scraps basically fuck uh very cool yeah uh I let her get shredded finally (laughs) Geralt duels Saskia uh so you're fighting this fucking dragon and I assume that she's switching I can't 100% 100% remember and we haven't seen the cutscene or anything but um, actually I think she's in dragon form the whole time so um, you can either kill her after defeating her um, you can kill her you can let her leave or if you rescued Philippa uh, Philippa can break the spell which allows uh, Saskia to do, basically do whatever she wants yeah yeah it's the dragon on the top of the tower I remember yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a very cool fight and gold dragons are dope um so, uh, obviously, you know, the epilogue can only cover so much because you're making choices throughout this whole game. But uh, so the epilogue basically is, uh, if you rescued Triss, the Conclave is restored. Uh, the mages work to seal Loch Muin, so they basically separate this place off from, you know, use by anybody. Uh, they make it so it can't be invaded, it can't be used as, like, a tactical, like, war location or anything. Um... If Triss was not rescued, a bloody pogrom of magic users begins on Lochmuin, so they basically just purge all the magic users. 
and throughout the North, which unfortunately that is the uh, sort of canonical ending. And we play into Witcher 3 with, um, you know, a lot of like anti-magic user shit going on. Right, right. Um, uh, Geralt confronts Letho the Kingslayer, who reveals that Nilfgaard is actually behind all of the shit that's going on in the North. All these civil wars and everything are being, you know, pursued by Nilfgaard because they're about to start pushing north to conquer, which also happens in Witcher 3. Um, after, so you, you have this big battle with Letho. After hearing his story, Geralt can let him go or continue to duel to the death. Um, Geralt then reunites with Triss and either Yorveth or Roach, depending on who you chose, mm-hmm. and sets off toward the south. Uh, concurrently, um, throughout the entire game, uh, Geralt is... So in the first... Witcher game we've not only talked about at the time, but uh, you know talked about again um, during this one. But uh, Geralt actually, um, you know, he was amnesic when he woke up in the first game. You sort of get a little bit of information in the first um, the first game about like some other stuff, like oh, you know, people thought I was dead. People are remembering me that I I don't remember ever running into these people, like. All that kind of shit's going on. Um, so, this is where we get to... Throughout the game in Witcher 2, you're recovering more and more memories. Mm-hmm. Um, Geralt starts to remember... Uh, basically, you're remembering Yennefer, which is the, you know, Geralt's canonical, uh, like, girlfriend. Love interest, yeah. Love interest, yeah. Um, you're also uh, remembering more about the Wild Hunt. Um, the credits roll um, and the post-credit scene reveals a uh, basically a peasant gathering some wood and he sees um, moving toward him a invasion of uh, Nilfgaardian troops so super interesting building up to the third game obviously they knew where they were going already um, right. yeah so very good Cool. Um, yeah. So, so like I of, said, I uh, a lot yeah. of stuff. A lot of stuff happened, and I do. Um, I am interested because I. I know you've done this a lot more than I have. Sat down and played these and wondered, okay, mm. where was this going, and like, where did it end up? Did it just yeah. like fizzle out, or is it just something that was never resolved and something that happened? Or does it, like, rear its ugly head? So, um, we've seen a little bit of both, I think. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of both. Um, and I think in 3 we're going to see a lot more of those those ties not fizzle Mm -hmm. out. And I think that's what makes 3 one of the better games. Yeah, Um, and yeah, there are a lot of things that in Witcher 2 specifically, um, there are a lot of things that are, like you know well i've made these choices now what and it's kind of like well the world goes on like you know you were talking about with the politics where like you know the shit just sort of keeps happening like it's it's a you know it's not like grand theft auto or it's not like red dead but the world continues on in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. like you know you kind of uh, you you know make your choices as good as you can uh but that doesn't mean that you did the right thing and you might never find out that you did the right thing or not. So, 
um, you know, it's definitely super interesting. I really like how they did it. Uh, but like you said, it does kind of just end. It's mm -hmm. like, well, that's what we did for the story. And uh, see you later. For sure. So. All right. Um, so that pretty much wraps up to, uh, let's talk about some of the cool stuff that happened with this game. Some of the just interesting little tidbits that we had found out. Um, yeah. So, sale-wise, um, the game, of course, did release uh, in, um, it was May 17th, 2011. Mm. By August, reports had shown that it had sold uh, just shy of a million copies. It, it had sold 940,000 copies. Very um, 200,000 digitally. Um, which, digital, I, I remember digital being very weird in, yeah. in, in that. Like, we worked at a game retailer um, right around that time. I know you had been working there for a little bit at a different store, and then you yeah. uh, switched over. And I had just started in... <clears throat> um, 2011, it was probably like July. Mm -hmm. so the game had been out um, yeah, I think I so, had just done that holiday maybe yeah and um, and yeah the, we, we had a very interesting uh, like way of selling digital games um, we had like a book of digital games mm -hmm. that yeah, yeah. someone could come through and look through and be like oh I want you know uh, Shogun 2 or whatever you know um, and then we would print it out so you know, you could also grab it from the console, but it sold um, quite a lot, and I think it, I think GOG had exclusivity over it mm -hmm. at, um, first. Yeah. at first. Well, um, by May 2012, it had, it had popped up and sold uh, 1.7 million. February 2013, five million had been sold, and uh, by September 2017, eight million had been sold. Mm -hmm. um, so it did it did well. Um, you know, for definitely, you know, what the game was. Uh, um, it, it had also received over 50 awards. Uh, best graphics, best adaptation of a used license, best story, piece, uh, best PC game, best RPG, and even, um, in some instances, winning game of the year. Um, and it was going up against some pretty healthy competition. Um... That same year, uh, this one came out in uh, spring, uh, late spring, whereas uh, Skyrim came out in the fall. Mm -hmm. So, um, and great year uh, for RPGs. Great year for RPGs for sure. I believe uh, uh, Dragon Age Two would have come out that beginning of the year, right? Uh, possibly. I I'm not one hundred percent sure on that timeline. I just remember I just remember Skyrim because it was 11, 11, 11. Uh, Dragon Age 2, March 8th, 2011. Dude, this was a God, huge man, year for year. me. Yeah. Um, I remember my <laughs> store manager like saying, oh, Skyrim's cool, but, uh, you know, Witcher is better. I Dang. remember that. And I, I, I always thought that. that that was... I always thought that was weird. I don't know about that one, Chief. Yeah. I always thought that... I was like, are, are you kidding me? Um, but I, I would definitely... It's good. I mean, it's good as fuck. It's good. I'm a huge Witcher fan. <laughs> This one did a really good job. Um, 
like I said, this is when Witcher went from kind of niche RPG to you know big, big dick. Big dick, it, like it was. This is big when people were like, day. "Oh fuck!" Like CG Project Red is really doing it, you know? For sure. Um, which uh, you know, really cool. Obviously, they've. I mean, they're, they're. Are they the top RPG studio now? Probably. I would probably say yes. I mean, after Fallout seventy six knocked uh, Bethesda down a couple ranks. <laughs> oh god, it pisses me off because the game is fun, Anthem but fucking it's not Anthem good. took Bioware off the map. I mean, it fully tanked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, and uh, I, Cyberpunk, we will know if this game is, if this company is what we think it is I, when well, Cyberpunk yeah. comes out. Right. Um, because having one game is cool and big, and that's important. Um, yeah. but they're branching into a new series, so we'll see right. what happens. Right. So, so, yeah, it will be very interesting to see them. And it's not entirely their own material, but Cyberpunk has a lot less built in than I think Witcher does. Like, Witcher's got every enemy right. handled. Like, you know, it's all been described. They've got every, like, you know, different styles of weapons. They've got um, all kinds of shit. So, it, you know, they have a lot more freedom, I think, with uh, Cyberpunk. So we'll see a lot more yeah. of the studio's own chops. The tabletop compared to like a novel is like right. very build your own, right? And yeah, I think that's going to be. I think that lends so well to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, a video game. Um, yeah. but some of the other fun things uh, in May uh, twenty eleven, the Polish version of Playboy came out featuring a half naked Tris on the cover. Hell yeah, uh, brother. Again, that is uh, the May 2011 edition of the Polish version of Playboy. Hold up. For Jeez. all of you that are writing that down. For writing... Hmm? Huh? What was that? Right? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Can we... Uh... Whoops. Um, and then, alluding to the early... The beginning of the podcast, um, on uh, June 30th, 2011, it was announced that THQ would be handling the distribution of the game in Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and the Middle East, uh, which is pretty much everywhere, uh, yeah. aside from North America and Japan. Um, but then, yeah, Ju- which uh, go ahead and finish that. I was going to say, and then on July 8th, 2011, Bandai Namco sued CD Projekt Red, accusing CD Projekt Red of breaking its contractual obligation to the publisher. Mm. Uh, on December 8th, 2011, Bandai Namco won the suit. And CD Projekt Red publishing agreement with them, uh, with THQ, not them, with THQ, was canceled, making um, Bandai Namco the publisher of the game in um, most of the European markets. Yeah, which is very odd. And, you know, Witcher had a very strange, um, like, their, their publishing scheme has always been weird. I think the first game was Atari. Yeah, it was. Like, the single weirdest shit ever known to mankind. Like, I didn't know Atari I, still existed at that point. I think they were like, whoever we can fucking get. Yeah, they were like, I mean? who's available right now? Right now. Right now, Atari. Not Tuesday. Not yeah. after Seinfeld. Oh, Jesus now. Christ. Definitely not after Seinfeld. Uh, you don't like so, Seinfeld? I'm not a fan. I love Seinfeld. Kramer, that racist piece of shit. Damn. <laughs> He really did it, didn't he? He done did it. Oh man, he had his own scent, you know. He did it. He it was had called his the what? Beach. His own. Oh, I thought scent. he was gonna say "smell of fucking desperation." It's it's okay. They all went to prison at the end. Um, oh, spoiler. Smell this beach. 
So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, they've always had a weird publishing relationship. They just do it on their own now, right? Uh, so, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, really fascinating. Uh, when Barack Obama, 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 I when heard. Barack Obama, Obama, Don. It sounds like a fucking dinosaur. Yeah, uh, it does. You know, ironically, I remember his name about as well as the fucking vice president does. Am I right, people? <laughs> uh, got him? <laughs> Joe Biden's old. This is Joe. Joe Biden uh, is old. So, Rich is old. Uh, Barack Obama visited Poland in May 2011. The Polish Prime Minister, Donald Tusk. Great name. That's a cool name. That is uh, a cool name. I believe he has moved up in the European Union now, if I remember. Um, wow. He might be the lead negotiator for Brexit. Wow. Oh. Um, Donald Tusk. I don't. Oh. I, I do he not sounds know like enough he to say whether like, he's cool or not. He should own like a uh, like a tech industry, like a titan that creates like cybernetic robots, yeah, like cybernetic mammoths. Yeah, I, I, I was just reading, of course, uh, uh, Carbon, and one yep. of the industries is Tusk. Your Tusk industry makes that's sense. Him. That's, that's him. him. This is where it's going. I'm telling you, that's him. Pay attention. So, you got to keep an eye on this bitch because he could be doing something crazy any moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Barack Obama said the following quote the last time I was here Polish Prime Minister Donald Tusk <laughs> <It's very odd. laughs> gave me a gift the video game developed here in Poland that's won fans the world over The Witcher I confess I'm not very good at video games oh Jesus don't play Witcher 1 Yeah, uh, that was not a quote uh, but I've been told that this is a great example of Poland's place in the new global economy, and it's a tribute to the talents and work ethic of the Polish people, as well as the wise stewardship of Polish leaders like Prime Minister Tusk. Just had the brown nose on the end a little bit there. So it's pretty big dick when your game mm. is in the fucking gift basket Yeah, really. that they give to the leader of the free world. <laughs> is what? Yeah. I mean... It's it's so like imagine if the fucking American president visited Japan or something and was like, "Here's a copy Here, of here's... Call of Duty: Modern Warfare." Uh, <laughs> no Russian, am I right? <laughs> shit's winking wild. guns, winking guns. He's hitting him with the guns from the side. He's coming with the guns. He's got a gun. After playing so, this game, we've decided to uh, go ahead and declare war because. Yeah. <laughs> Two nukes uh, wasn't a, enough. It was, a, it was terrible, and B, it was terrible. <laughs> and C, we didn't like it. It was an insult to uh, our entire nation, and um, it is the equivalent of uh, taking a shit in a brown paper bag and lighting it on the doorstep of Jesus. a country. Christ. It's not good. Not good. It's poor people. So... Um, like we said, I mean, it was uh, it was massively award-winning. Um, it won over 50 awards for best graphics. Don't know about that. Best adaptation or use well, of a license. That's fair. I, I think that's like a... It won over 50 awards. It won for best graphics. <laughs> best adaptation. One for each of these. Uh, yeah. The best adaptation, I can definitely see how it was winning that. From oh, I yeah. know it got that from like Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of Thrones? Game Informer. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, uh, that time of year, people. Best uh, best PC, best RPG, those make sense. Yeah, I don't um, see that. Story, I could see. Game of the Year, I believe it did win Game of game of the Year. I remember thinking about this. Oh, yeah. And uh, it wasn't from one of the major places. Mm. Uh, um, probably, like, Polish video game magazine, right? No, it was it, it was someone smaller that was trying to be that, like, like hipster, like, oh, this one isn't the best one, but we're going to call it the best one. 
It's from uh, uh, it was it got game of the year from uh, Finley Village Mall GameStop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was probably like uh, like GameSpot or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to look that up. 2011 game of the year for GameSpot, and it's gonna be The Witcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably that pornographic uh, Triss cover specifically. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there were some other things that I left out of here. Like in uh, one one place, they gave out um, uh, mostly nude a mostly nude calendar that came with the game nice. of all the Witcher characters. I God, I hope it's just all Geralt. It, it, it's all Dandelion. <laughs> I'm down with that. Hold on. <laughs> it's all Zoltan. <laughs> Hold on, I'm down with this. The the like men's firefighter. Yeah, it's a firefighter. Like he has like a fireman's hose. Yeah, really. But it's his penis. Um, I wonder what yeah. kind of fucking hog we're talking about on The Witcher because they will not show his dick, no matter they how many letters I write in. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a picture on a wall in Cyberpunk. Just, I would be definitely down with that. What if he's on like a magazine cover? I would be so into that. And that's like, where they're, that's like, where they're gonna put Siri. Like she's fantasy, gonna be on yeah, fantasy magazine, and it's gonna be like just Geralt all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so sure. getting back to uh, you know what we were what we had said last show, just to kind of remind. I mean, speaking of that, sorry, uh, tangent. Borderlands Three had a book on the shelf that said Fifty Shades of uh, Gravy, and it has a gravy boat. That yeah. was pretty funny. Um, Getting hungry over here. But speaking of books, uh, and we had said this last uh, last episode too. They have made eight books between ninety uh, two and twenty thirteen. Four video games, including uh, the Battle Arena for mobile, a uh, tabletop role-playing game, a board game, a card game, two movies, uh, even two television series, uh, mm-hmm. and one of them is failed. The other one is the Netflix Upcoming, adaptation. Right. So will will fail, but hasn't failed yet. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think those Game of Thrones fans are hungry. No, oh, no, I'm definitely think, watching it day one. I'm going to have it all done on the first day. Yeah, I, I think I think Henry's going to be the one to spoon feed it to him. Yeah, he will, and I'll eat, um, it. I'll eat it right up like a little piggy. So, if you are interested in those older ones, uh, you can check them out. The film and the failed series are both titled "The Hexer." Yes, Viedzeman. I almost wanted to uh, leave it in uh, the the piece about um, the people can fly co-founder uh, almost doing this game in what was it like ninety two or ninety three? Yeah, I mean they were they were doing their own version of it or whatever, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically and same thing, right? He's respons- He was responsible for the translation mm-hmm. uh, of The Witcher, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff uh, revolving around this game. We're going uh, forward now um, into uh, possibly one of the best um, role-playing games um, of all time. Definitely, yeah. uh, I would say probably the best role-playing game of the last two generations, at least. For sure. um, with uh, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt introducing uh, a slew of new characters this will probably be a multi-part um, not sure where we'll end up breaking this one up um, or if we will break up the main story maybe we'll try to get through the whole main story and save the second part for the DLCs which was a game of the year on its own yeah. um, or if we will break up the first part the first game, you know, the Witcher 3 into two parts and then do another part for DLC. Um, I guess we will get all the information out there and uh, um, 
you know, see where see where it should break up. Um, but uh, you guys have two weeks to uh, you know wait for the first part of that. Um, in the meantime, definitely check out our weekly podcast, the Mammoth Games Cast. Uh, you can re- watch it um, right here on Twitch.tv um, every Sunday, or uh, you can catch the show Monday on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean.com, and Stitcher. Um, oh, yeah, brother. All the reviews and uh, listens and, you know, pretty much any uh, version of supporting that show is greatly appreciated, guys. If you like what we're doing, please let us know. If you don't like what we're doing, also let us know uh, so we can kind of grow. Um, and as well, as always, if you guys... Um, if you guys would like, you can go ahead and follow us. You can follow us over on Twitter, at Mammoth Games Inc., so you know when we go live and do dumb shit just like this horse doing push-ups. Um, hashtag that horse is jacked. Um, and uh, That's a big-ass horse. Um, and, you know, uh, more dumb stuff that uh, we find that we need to post over there throughout the week. Um, and if you'd like to talk with us on the daily, uh, hit us up over on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc., um, like I said, all the likes, comments, shares, follows, reviews, um, even middle fingers while you're driving to work because we said something you don't like uh, are all appreciated. Sure. Uh, but um, until, uh, you know, next time, I am Night Swarm. And I'm Filter Cord. We will see you guys in two weeks.